1: Alright guys, well we are back with another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Walt, and if this is your first time listening to the episode, welcome. You are in for a treat. This episode is, I think, one of the first ones we've done this way, and it turned out awesome. I mean, I am so thrilled about this episode and the way it turned out. You'll understand in just a few moments, but before we get to that... This podcast is brought to you by the Sportsman's Alliance, a conservation organization that is out there fighting for our rights to hunt and fish. Consider joining the Sportsman's Alliance today for $35 a year. You get to fund the people that are taking the fight to those who seek to end our outdoor lifestyle. So sign up today. I'd also like to point out that this episode is unique for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, we were able to drive and link up Well, Chase was able to drive and link up with myself and Luke from Fishing with Norm. You've probably heard him or seen him rather on YouTube. He's got a massive YouTube channel with a lot of awesome fishing challenges and fishing trips where he goes all over the region to fish with these awesome people, these awesome different styles of fishing and bring you that content. And we were fortunate to be able to bring you this content because we were within driving distance of Luke. And the dynamic is epic I, I mean i have been talking to chase about how fun it was to episode, to edit this episode because it was such a like the the flow and the dynamic was there and because we were able to sit with this person for hours and fish ahead of time we were able to build a rapport with them prior to recording we all got comfortable with each other and the episode just hit it off from the start a- am i blowing this out of proportion or are you equally as excited for this one
2: Oh yeah, I was super excited. I mean, it's always fun when you can sit across the table from somebody and chat and we were in a uh, like a welcoming environment anyways and sure. once the you hit rec- start hit that record button for the podcast, I mean, it the episode just kind of went on and uh, I felt like it it kind of almost like wrote itself, you know what I mean? It sure. was one of those episodes where we're just kind of firing back and forth with each other and we all know when the other person's about to speak, so we're not having any awkward silence or anything like that, and which we kind of have sometimes on the phone when we're like, oh, is somebody about to say something or should I say something? So I thought it was a great episode. Uh, I can't wait to go back and listen to it myself. Um, and Lu- Luke was a great guest. I mean, he, obviously he has to perform in front of people all the time and YouTube, and uh, I thought he did a great job, and it just helped that, like you said, we got to build that rapport with him out fishing sure I mean it was cool that I could I was like man I don't it, it didn't take me a couple hours to get there and uh, we were able to knock that podcast out and uh, I think it would be a hit with all of our listeners
1: absolutely and the reason why I, t- I say it that way guys is we have a Patreon's account set up it's Patreon.com forward slash ChasingTailsOutdoors. We've got a variety of tiers there on different levels you can donate. We've got a 2 a 5 and a $10 tier that come with their own benefits. And the reason why I'm emphasizing that is because we get recommendations from you, the listeners, on a daily basis. I cannot tell you the last time someone didn't tell me that, hey, this guy's only six hours away. You should go see him and, and, and go tarpon fishing. Or you should go hunt with this guy over in Louisiana. Like, seriously, we get recommendations on the regular and if you would like to see more episodes that are like luke if you would consider contributing to patreon those funds will allow us to go and record these live episodes whether it be at trade shows or on some kind of tour that we take down the coast to meet a bunch of different people that that money will enable us to change the dynamic of this podcast moving forward and we'd be forever grateful for your contribution to this show
2: yeah no doubt
1: I think what we should do, Chase, is just pivot directly into this podcast. It's an awesome show. I'm probably going to listen to this episode for a third time. I was there when we recorded it. I edited it. And honestly, I'm probably going to be listening to it again tomorrow morning when this thing drops. So do you have any thoughts before we run?
2: No, no, I don't. Uh, Let's get them to the podcast.
1: Let's do it, man. say at this point it's fair game so be careful <laughs> alright guys we are back with another episode and this one is unlike anyone we have ever done to date I can assure you that that, that being the case we are doing this you probably just heard that semi just rev up over there. We're doing this one live on the patio of Applebee's. Now, I know a lot of you guys wanted to hear more episodes where we did these live, but you probably didn't expect that we would do these at a at such a noisy location. So, I'm recording these a little softer. I'm hoping that the audio turns out to be something a little bit, uh, you know, less aggressive than what it sounds like around here. And I have faith in the equipment. So, we're gonna give this to the old college try. I am sitting across from my co-host Chase Prince. And today's guest is one unlike any we've ever had. We've had YouTubers on the show. we've had fishermen on the show. We have never fished with a famous YouTuber and then podcasted afterwards with him. We could take it a step further. I've never been out fished by a famous YouTuber and then podcasted <laughs> with him as well. I have got Luke from fishing with Norm on the line on the line right here live.
3: How you doing, buddy? Good. You've got to give
1: me more than that. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm doing
3: great. <laughs> First podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, this is awesome. This is awesome. So here's what we did, guys. We went out to Fish Lake Talquin this, this, um, this morning, and I didn't catch a single fish. I had one take the bait, spit the hook, Chase caught a bunch of fish. Luke finally got on the board here late in the game. And uh, we had a good time. So today's podcast is going to summarize today's events. We might talk about it a little bit, where we went, what we did. And then we're going to talk about Luke. So you need to get ready. You're about to be doing a whole lot of talking. All right? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So uh, first impressions from today's fishing trip. What are they?
2: Uh, I was impressed about how many fish i caught <laughs> i mean
3: oh wow <laughs> what, what can you
2: say i actually came in thinking that i wasn't going to catch yeah probably, i might not catch a fish i mean it's virgin water for me yeah you hadn't been on there very much no nope. so i was i wasn't expecting much so i was just happy uh with what i ended up with yeah so i, I can't uh, i can't complain about that it took a little bit of uh, figuring out uh i had to switch to that june bug worm and then that seemed to be the ticket for me and then that absolutely kind of rode was that out today
1: i don't think anything was caught on a bait that wasn't Junebug colored and weightless. Was yours weighted? Mine was weighted. Yours was weighted. Weighted Junebug trick worm. Okay, since you're talking, it's your turn. What do you think about today? What, what are, your, what are your, out, your takeaways from fishing Lake Taquan
3: today? It started out rough. Uh-huh. Uh, I hooked into that big uh, log right there in the beginning on the lipless crankbait. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a big bass, I think, and then halfway through it turned into a log. And <laughs> after that, we started throwing the worm around. All of us were doing finesse. Some people were catching more fish than others, and I was <laughs> glad to just catch that one yeah. on the way to Junebug, Bug Trickworm.
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is, so we get out there, everybody's trying to feel each other out, right? Like there's this, like, little awkwardness, like, how loud yeah. is he? How does he talk? It's always a thing when you meet somebody new, right? So we'd never met Luke before. We meet him at a random spot in the middle of nowhere to go fishing, and everybody's figuring everybody out, and the water is dead quiet. Like, there's no wind, there's no birds talking. Nothing. No one is talking, and I'm like trying to start a conversation and and whatnot. But I get it. We're fishing, and then all of a sudden you hear,
0: "Oh, got him!" and, he, <laughs> and
1: Luke is setting the hook and fighting a fish. Now I'll say this from my perspective: it definitely looked like he had a fish on the other end of that line. Now, I, I genuinely I'm going to go to bat for you on this one and say he definitely wrapped you around that tree, and that was the end of that. But yeah, that from that point on, nobody had a problem talking to anybody. It was it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it, everybody was was talking so but the fishing was tough like it, yeah you caught five fish you got on the board late but Dude, how many fish do you think we had that would take the tail end of the worm but just not commit to the bite?
3: It was unreal. I don't know what type of fish they were because I want to tell myself they're not bass, just because of how many we miss. (laughs) But we had probably at least, I'd say myself, I probably had five bites that just they didn't commit all the way. And you probably the same if not more. Oh, yeah. It was was a rough day for
1: sure. it (laughs) It was funny because... I got to give it to Luke. He never once cussed. He never got frustrated. Like, by the third fish, I was just throwing it all out there. <laughs> I was so mad, man. Because ah. he'd be like, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, okay, reel it in, get the slack out. He hits it one more time. Wham! You hammer it, and the and the bait would go flying over your shoulder, you know? And every time, you'd be like, golly, Willikers, guys. And he'd just go right back to it. It's a yeah. family friendly YouTube. <laughs> I trained myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very polite, young yeah. man. <laughs> oh, but Yeah, yeah, YouTube. You're right. You, yeah. Yep, yeah. You <laughs> Censorship. Yeah, I, I ruined a video the other day because I was on there and I got stabbed by the hook and I darn near lost the, like, got under the skin. I was going to have to, like, crank Ooh. it out. And I went, oh, shit, like, right in the middle of the best scene of the video. I was like, that one's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the cameras off, guys. We're just fishing the rest of the day, you know. Exactly. Like, um but, yeah, it was a tough day. It was hot. It got really hot. We had no right. wind all day, which is good if you're kayak fishing and you don't have, like, some kind of trolling motor or pedal drive because then you're not, like, you know, paddling You know, like yeah. um, uh, I saw a video. I can't remember who it was. A guy up in Tennessee and uh, big red beard. Do you know who I'm talking about? Alex Roden. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was fishing in his first tournament the other day, and he's, he's like, paddle, 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 And he's like, cast, cast, paddle, 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 paddle. And he, I was like, nah, wow. that, that's not – that was not
2: cool. No. Um, I need to get a pedal drive on that on that new canoe. Yes, you do. Yeah. I need to get me a kayak with a pedal drive, too. Hint, hint, new canoe, if it you're listening. Is <laughs> definitely a game changer, especially yeah. like out on the saltwater when it's windy and oh, yeah. you're yeah. trying to stop. If you don't have a power pole Absolutely. or some type of anchoring system yeah. set up, and if you just need to go back just a little bit or forward just a little bit, yeah. Or I mean, or if it's
1: too deep for a power pole, which a lot of times it is. Oh yeah. a, a lot of the spots we fished today, especially that big channel that we fished, you're not using a power pole there. Yeah, you know, you're not using an anchor either for all the trees. You know, so right. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was cool. It was a
2: beautiful day, cloudy, yeah. so there wasn't and there were no bugs. the uh, The sunrise was beautiful. I mean, sunrise. You couldn't was ask for a better sunrise this morning. Yeah, there weren't too many two smokers out there. No. So no, and we didn't have a lot of competition. No, out on the lake either. We had that one little like. Stick steer
1: John boat with us that that beginning, and I think we kind of pissed him off because we just like leapfrogged him. I kind
3: of cut him off on accident. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I got stuck in the tree. I threw my my crankbait way further than I thought it was gonna go, and then I went up and I reeled in and I snapped my rod on it, and I was sitting there shaking it in front of him, and he just (laughs) trolling motor right on past me. I was like, "See you, man."
1: That's right. We need to have
2: a moment of silence for one of uh, Luke's rods. Oh, Oh. All right, there we go. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. So
1: tell that story. How'd you how'd you break a rod today?
3: So after I uh, I fought my big fish turned into a log, I tied on a square bill, and my first cast of the square bill. Just a touch. You're good. And my first cast of the square bill, it was way heavier than I thought it was going to be, so I casted it straight up in, like, the middle of a tree, not even close <laughs> to the water. So I go up to it, and there's a ton of bugs in these trees, and I'm shaking it. So I'm shaking it, yeah. reel all the way up to the rod tip, and it just I just hear a snap, and my rod, two pieces, gone. donezo. Gone. Yeah. Yep. Do you, do you have, like, a graveyard in the backyard for your, bro- your broken rods? Like, what's this the ceremony like? This is the first like? time. I've broke a rod in probably like three or four months. It used to be oh. like a weekly occurrence, just with the amount God. that I fish. Like no joke. Like even sometimes like two or three days. I have a great story too about tell it. a rod. Should I tell it right, yeah, now? right now? Yeah, right now. All right. So this is. I know a lot of you guys probably have your friends who don't go fishing all that often yeah so I was taking one of my buddies doesn't go fishing at all and this is a whole story so we're in the Xterra you have Xterra yeah there's a there's a sunroof in the Xterra so what we're doing is we're holding the canoe on top because this is before I even knew how to strap down a canoe and we're driving to a pond like two miles away right so we're holding it down through the sunroof yes department of
1: transportation (laughs) approved exactly (laughs) so right,
3: right when we're leaving we go to open the sunroof so we can hold down the canoe my rod tips three of them are up against the sunroof so my buddy pulls the sunroof back all three of my rods snap <laughs> so then I go inside grab two my two other combos because I had five combos at the time it's before I did YouTube anything like that <laughs> so I have my two other combos we don't break them we're out fishing and I catch this fish like four and a half five pound largemouth bass Nice. so he's about to take a picture of it and we're in this canoe keep in mind it's not stable at all yeah. and he does a little stumble And all of a sudden, we start falling in, and (laughs) there goes my other two combos in the water. Never found them, both $300 combos, and my phone audio broke, so I had to get a brand new phone. What else? Lost a ton of tackle, the paddles, the net, everything, gone. So you're hell on equipment, is what you're telling us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If anybody wants to go to that pond go magnet fishing, there's... Yeah. His combos laying at the bottom of the <laughs> pond. <laughs> that was my best day of fishing by far.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like that's one of those days where you just have to sit at the end of it and think, like, what the heck? Like, what did I do? Yeah, what's my new hobby going <laughs> to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Well, so you haven't fished Talcum, but once before. Would you I return? Fe-
3: I remember I fished it twice. The first time was for a tournament with my buddy. Got an eight twelve. And that was the only fish I caught the whole entire time. Another time we just went out fish for fun, caught a few small fish, but I definitely would fish it again. I know there's a lot yeah. of big fish, a lot of deep water, a lot of stuff that you have to put practice in and time in, and we tried doing that today. But obviously you got to spend, like, weeks, months, yeah. days out there to yeah. figure it out. I'm on but, year
1: two of, of trying to figure out yeah. Taquin. And the spot where we went today, I've been before and had success. But it's not the area that I've truly dissected. The areas further like western in the creek, uh, like on the southern southern bank of Talquin, I've got a pretty good idea on. And every time I go out now, I can catch. Uh, you know three or four 15 to 18 inch bass you know like with with consistency and on that lake like we talked about what'd you say it was one one bass every two hours is the
2: average catch rate or something like that yeah when I was looking it up the other day I mean it said Talquin's one of the top 10 lakes in yeah. the state of Florida but it did say it had a catch rate of 0.58 right. per hour right so
1: so I mean if it, uh, most times I'm going out for like two three hours so to catch three or four fish is you know ahead of the the normal pace and normally I can get that done so uh, it takes time, though. You mentioned that on the water. You, whenever you have a big body of, of water like that, it takes time to to break it apart. And one, you can't figure it out in one year. You've got to experience those seasons a multitude of times because realistically, you can't be everywhere on the lake during the the pre spawn. So it's like you know, you you learn areas and you expand and you grow. So. Uh, hopefully by the next time we're recording this episode and it's in similar fashion we'll have gained more experience on that and it the story will be that you know walter miraculously caught the 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 fight (laughs) i'm just kidding but uh, (laughs) luke why don't you tell everybody we've gone you know 10 minutes into this podcast why don't you tell everybody who you are what your passion is and 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 just tell them about the, the the platform you've got
3: all right well my name's luke and <laughs> you already know that, but <laughs> my YouTube channel is Fishing with Norm. All my social media is Fishing with Norm. And my passion is just filming my fishing experiences, teaching kids, adults, anybody who's trying to get into fishing, uh, how to fish, how it can be fun to fish, because a lot of people nowadays are staying inside, playing video sure. games, watching TV. And my whole thing was that you can have fun doing other things outside, experiencing nature <laughs> and things like that. So, yeah.
1: What kind of videos can they expect from you?
3: Videos from me, so we do a lot of challenge videos just because they're fun. So okay. we'll go do some crazy lure, fishing lure. We'll go to Walmart and we'll do budget fishing. So people who have a budget uh, and they don't want to spend too much money fishing but want to get the best for their money, we do a lot of that on the channel. Big bass, we do a ton of that. A ton of multi species stuff too is what I've been getting into recently. Saltwater, freshwater, exotic species, uh, just fishing all around is what the channel is all about.
1: Right on. How many videos a, uh, a week can people expect from you?
3: So right now we're doing three to four videos a week. We're right. pumping them out, having a great time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today sure. was not one of those great
1: times, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think because of my salty mouth and the lack of fish, that this episode, this this today's video probably will not even, uh, not even be aired. But uh, what got you into that? Like that's it's a weird thing, right? Like I think a lot of people. Yeah. Like, they wake up one day and they think, I want to be a fisherman. Or they go through life and some series of events happens and they become uh, a guy with a camera and they record their thing. What did that journey for you, like, how did you decide you wanted to be a YouTuber?
3: Okay, so this is, like, this is a long story. Is that That's fine. It's a long podcast. So, it all started around, like, 10th grade. I had never fished before until up to 10th grade. I played soccer and football. And when I was playing football, one day I was a kicker for the football team. I went to go kick and I landed on my knee extremely weird and I had to have surgery on my meniscus I tore it so like 90% of my meniscus was gone and for that whole entire summer like I couldn't walk I was on crutches and my next door neighbor Mason took me to the lake across the street which I had no clue there was even in there and he caught a fish out of it and he gave me a fishing pole and then I caught my first bass ever uh, 10th grade summer and then from there i was just absolutely hooked and i'm just competitive at nature let's
1: pause the story for a second yeah what did that what did catching that first fish like what was that experience like for you like what was running through your mind when, when you did that because you're probably in a pretty yeah. low spot right because you you, you mm-hmm. blew your knee out well yeah. maybe maybe that's not that it's not that extreme but yeah you you severely injured your knee right. Um uh, yeah. you're 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 what you're passionate about you can't pursue but mm-hmm. now you've you've caught fishing what was what was your What was your reaction to like catching that fish?
3: Yeah, so it was kind of, it wasn't all that great at times because like all I did was football, soccer, and school. So right. now all I had left was school. I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything else. I was just sitting inside watching TV, and when I went outside, caught my first bass. I found like a new passion. So every right. single day that summer. Instead of sitting inside watching TV, playing video games, mm-hmm. uh, on my crutches, I go crutch over to the pond. I go catch a bass, and it was just so much fun. I couldn't stop going every single day and night. I was there twenty four seven catching bass, so. sore lip and everything nice. inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from so from there, my junior year, I joined my high school bass fishing team that we had just started up. Right. So we would do four tournaments a year, and we'd have meetings and talk about bass fishing. So I just learned more and more about bass fishing and how they behave. And the cool thing about bass fishing is you can always learn more. There's like, you can never perfect Mm -hmm. bass fishing. Yeah. As as you can tell today, we (laughs) 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 didn't have it perfected. But (laughs) Chase did. (laughs) (laughs) So we travel uh, four times a year, go fish different lakes in Florida. It was a super cool experience. Uh, to go and compete because I'm really competitive. And that kind of got me into, I always knew I wanted to do something with film. I was taking an editing class at the time. Mm -hmm. And I always watched YouTube videos, and that's where I got all my information. And I just knew that being a YouTuber and people watching me and me teaching people was something that I wanted to do. So I decided that my new fishing passion, I could learn about fishing myself while while also helping others learn about fishing. So I combined it. So, I bind YouTube and fishing into one awesome,
1: so what is that what you say your goal is now several years later? Yes, as yeah.
3: long as youtube's there, i 'm there <laughs> to learn and to share that over yep. yep. okay interesting
1: nice. what's what's the future of your channel look like like if you're you're sitting here and I'm saying money is no object, time is no object, you want to be there. where is there?
3: there would be just growing more and more in fishing everywhere i want to fish in every single state of the united states i want to go to canada i want to go to canada on fish i want to go to mexico and catch some of those big bass yeah i want yeah. to go just everywhere that i can and go experience different fisheries like that's the goal through youtube and youtube actually helps me go travel like right. we did today and then ne- next week i'll be in alabama and then who knows where will be the week after that so yeah <laughs>
1: well, hopefully <laughs> we'll be on top when i go more yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Well, YouTube's kind of like and YouTube's kind of like a diary for you too. I mean, yeah. you're yeah. getting it's almost you can go back and like, "Oh, I was catching fish last year at this time on topwater bait or yeah. crankbait or whatever." I mean, it could also help you kind of like a podcast or whatever. Yeah. It's just a documentation of all these yep. stories where you can if you want to, you can go back and look at it and go, "Oh shoot, that's right. I killed right. that buck last year or I caught that fish last year on topwater at this time of year. Maybe I'll I'll get that back out." sure so I think that's one of the cool things with YouTube and uh, I know that I've watched some of your videos. They, I can verify that uh, they're really, uh, I don't know, they're kind of unique. Uh, you go out there, you're, you're doing challenges. Not everybody's going to put themselves out there like that to mm-hmm. try to catch mm-hmm. big bass on different things, and uh, I can appreciate that. Well, it's ballsy, right? Because yeah. you, the
1: whole video falls apart if he doesn't catch anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> there's, like there's <laughs> days
3: like that that people don't see on YouTube. Right? <laughs> Where <laughs> there you it go is. and nothing Myth happens. Busted. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what do you do? Do you just reshoot the whole thing at that point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's days like that where I have, like, some crazy great idea where there's, like, some lure that I've found that's just yeah. ridiculous. But you could go and throw it, like, all week and nothing happens. But yeah. people don't want to see that. They want to see when you catch sure. a fish on it. So, yeah, right. obviously, that's where editing comes into play. Sure. But <laughs> oh, yeah. No we doubt. know all about that. Oh, I yeah. say
1: stupid crap on this podcast all the time. And it's like, eh, I'm just going to close. That sounded yeah. really good in the moment, Cut. Walter, but we're just going to – cut that out because that's ridiculous yeah no doubt so yeah i i I admire that though because one of the things we talked about recently with this tournament that we're hosting is in preparation for that we've worked really hard to seek out baits and styles of fishing that we don't normally use and see if we can find a way to make them work and i think you see something similar in that when you put yourself on the spot in front of a camera for people Mm -hmm. that 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 puts pressure on you do you ever feel pressure that makes thing makes it hard to be a creator? Uh, like like the, 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 the pressure to create a video, and
3: does that stymie your ability to, to do so? I would definitely say so. There's, there's sometimes where I want to get my videos out and have a certain amount of videos a week, and sometimes the fishing just isn't there. Uh, the weather is bad, so I can't get a ton of pressure, and sometimes maybe I'll just have to go to backup and catch something that I know I can catch fish on. Sure. But the cool thing about YouTube is... It allows me to fish with baits I would never throw, ever, and it makes me a better fisherman because I can just understand bass more and say, oh, well, I can catch them on this, this, and this instead of just one lure before I started my YouTube channel. All I threw this was the Cinco. It's the only lure right. I threw in my whole entire yeah. life, yeah. and everybody it made works, fun of me man. for it. But it works, and I'll, I'll still say that today. It works. Yeah. But now I can confidently say, well, I can also throw yeah. this and this yeah. and catch fish as well. yeah. Well, I mean, the irony
1: there is that uh, the Cinco was your favorite then, and it was the only thing that caught any kind of numbers <laughs> today. That, That's true.
2: Well, I did have a couple of topwater blow-ups. That's I just, true. just didn't That's get true. I mean, one was small, but one of them was a big yeah. blow-up. It just missed. Yeah. It was on a uh, frog. Right. And I think the other one was on a skitter walk or whatever. Right. It was just like a quick little suck at it. It could have been a small fish. Right. I'm sure it was. But So what, what has YouTubing and fishing –
1: like that combination, being a, a fishing YouTube creator, what has that taught you as being a fisherman, but maybe just as a person as well? What what has that challenged you to do?
3: Huh. <laughs> a lot of I didn't things, say I this guess. was going to be an easy podcast. Yeah, this is, this is a weird question. It's challenged, I guess it's challenged myself to kind of figure out who I am and who I want to be. Okay. And it's weird that nowadays you can – become, like, a YouTuber and go fishing and do that full-time and that be your job and pay the bills. Right. So I'd say it's definitely tested me to stay committed mm-hmm. to myself being my own boss and kind of, like, I guess running my own company in a way. That would be the challenging part, I guess. I don't, I <laughs> I don't that's know. That's that was answer. a weird yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like it, though.
1: I, th- I think there's a lot of things when I look back at podcasting and, like, getting my start right in this – there's things that you don't anticipate, and you can't because you're not a podcaster when you start. You're just yeah. starting that, that journey. And uh, projection. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how monotone I talk, and w- yeah. and I don't do it now. I have inflection to my voice. One of the things I have to do on every one of these episodes is, is make sure that I remember that people who are listening to this have to formulate whatever I'm saying in their mind and my, whatever I say and how I say it comes through the this this microphone so that was a huge challenge for me my, the first five episodes we edited we recorded uh Leighton and i at the they were terrible yeah. i deleted them <laughs> i was like this is horrible i wouldn't listen to this myself and it's my own voice you know like um so i, I just I, I tend to ask other creators that question typically speaking not on the microphone yeah. but you know it, it's it's always interesting to see what it's challenged them to uh Challenge them to grow. So, um.
3: I agree with you there though, because now I'm starting to realize when I first started my YouTube, and you can go back back like way on my YouTube videos yeah. and they're boring. And I sit there, same thing, monotone voice. Yeah. And I noticed I say um a lot, uh-huh. all the time yeah. was my ums. Okay. And so, it's things you never realize about yourself until you're on the computer editing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And just looking at myself, there's so many things that I'm like, do I really do this like in all my conversations in right. life? So, I feel like I've improved. Not only like on the camera, but also like off the camera, just by seeing myself through the right. computer screen.
1: Right. Well, and that'll naturally bleed into other things as well in life, yeah. right? Like being a better orator. I mean, that just oh, yeah. that works if you if you're in an office and you need to communicate to people. It means you've learned how to, or your your presence and, and how you how you cut out um um was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I still say it every once in a while but I mean you go back and listen to those first episodes. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's like every other word for oh, me. Oh <laughs> right. and that's after I edited it out like yeah. you yeah. know 50% of the ums, you know. Uh we had a guest on the phone uh Adrian and yeah. he sent me he sent he was on he listened to his episode and he said, "God, I'm a long-winded, you know, Right word, and uh, I was like, "Nah, you're not that bad." He's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty bad." I was like, "Yeah, that's after I, I edited you, dude." And he's yeah. like, "Oh no, don't tell me that! Don't tell me that!" <laughs> exactly. You know? I was like, "But everybody's like that at first, you know? It's it's normal." So, what what's the
3: what's the most awkward moment you've had being a YouTuber? Oh, There's got to be a couple. I might have to think about this one. We had a kid two weeks ago. We were doing a little like our intros at the truck. And he ran up, and he said, "Hey, I watch your YouTube." And I was like, "Oh, cool. What's your name?" And he just stood there and didn't say a single word (laughs) for like twenty seconds, and he just ran away. Like after that, that was like the that's like the number one I can recall. There's been some weird stuff though, but I just I can't remember. I might remember later on, but right now I'm blanking on it. There's been some. Some weird encounters, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
1: Poor guy was like, I wasn't prepared for a follow-up question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Starstruck, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I was when I first saw him. I mean, I was just yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> well,
2: have you? What type of uh, connections do you make doing YouTube? Like, I'm sure you get to meet up with other YouTubers or whatever. Have you made any like cool connections? Or who's the coolest person that you can say you've met because you now have a YouTube channel? Oh, that's that's a good besides, question. besides me yeah. and Walt. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs>
3: When I when I first started my, or before I even started my YouTube channel, I watched, like, Flair, John B., yeah. One Rod, One Reel, the classic guys. And through my sponsor, Mystery Tackle Box, I ended up being able to go fishing with Flair in a tournament against, like, all the other Guggen squad, a ton of different YouTubers and stuff like that. But YouTube just crazy, the amount of connections you'll find from it, the amount of people that will message you that you had, no clue, even knew about you. Right, like you never know who's gonna click on your video. That's a really cool thing about YouTube is that the opportunities are absolutely endless. And I, I've, I've met so many people. I've gone fishing with so many YouTubers, fans, uh, even a boxer. Mm-hmm. Just, you never know who you're gonna run into. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's cool.
3: I think I think that's it's an it's a really good
1: question because when I first started this podcast, I felt very isolated. And and that seems like a real weird thing for somebody to say, but I had a so, I had an extreme passion for the outdoors, and mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody in my life that had that extreme passion for the outdoors, yeah. and that's a very lonely place to be, right? It's like it, you know, I was a, a newlywed, I was living in Tallahassee, my wife can't relate to that that kind of passion, but I like to talk, and I knew I could talk, it comes naturally, it always has, and through the podcast, the most incredible thing that has ever happened to me is I've been able to find people that not only have a passion for the outdoors but have similar demeanors that I can sit across the table and after having gone fishing just just have a good time and laugh and cut up it connected me to so many people from from Washington State to California there's just all these different people that if a podcast and this technology didn't exist they probably would still feel equally as isolated you know it was just it was really um, rewarding to be able to meet meet people like yourself like you i mean you yeah. and i met through a podcast you yeah know? we did not not through this podcast specifically but right um and i
3: just i think that's funny it's like how how different yeah. would your life be if you didn't have those connections yeah no it definitely wouldn't be the same and right. now that i'm thinking about it it's so weird how social media can bring like like-minded people yeah. together i met so the two guys that i go fishing with the most lojo fishing Him and I met each other when we were both, like, under a 1,000 subscribers. Just out of random, we were two hours away. Yeah. And now we've both grown our YouTubes together. He's at over a 100,000 subscribers now. Right. And guys I used to – What was that? It's a good job, Lojo. Yeah, good job, Lojo. (laughs) (laughs) And guys I used to watch, like, Kicking Their Bass TV. Now me and him are best friends, and I would have never become friends with him if I didn't have a YouTube channel. I've met so many of what I call, like, my closest friends have been – through YouTube, obviously, I have my friends from school right, right. and from town, but a lot of people who don't live here, I still consider them my best friends that I met through social sure, media, sure. and we visit each other and right. go do fishing trips right. and stuff like that. Right. So it's it's really crazy the power of social media.
1: My wife calls him my second wife <laughs> because at all hours of the day, all hours at <laughs> night, he and I will be texting, and we were doing that before we even ever met. We were just like chatting all the time, arrows, right. all kinds of different stuff. But I think it just kind of, I said that just to kind of build on your thought, right? Like your closest yeah. friends that you met don't have to be in the, in the same space. In fact, I don't have uh, anybody in town that I really do any kind of fishing with. I, I have some friends that I hang out with periodically, but yeah. their interests just don't align with mine. There's nothing wrong with that. They like going off the pier, and that's just not my thing, you know. Uh, but the three of us met up from Tallahassee, Gainesville, and the other side of Tallahassee,
2: and went fishing. So I, I just think it's cool, dude. That's Yeah probably never would have done that. No. Had I not been into podcasting, no. I wouldn't have been able to meet up with you or Luke. No. So,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's, it just speaks to the power of power of technology, you know, bringing people together. Social, podcast, YouTube, all of it. It's awesome. So, what is How do I want to say this? Dealing with people. Your your platform is built on people supporting you. Sometimes yes. that support goes awry, right? You get Sometimes. haters. You get haters. I'm still Sometimes. waiting on our first hater. If someone wants to leave us a one-star <laughs> review and be our first hater, go for it. Chase is kill- killing me right now, but I just want to get one, one hater. But um, <laughs> but what what is – how challenging is it dealing with, with people who all have different expectations of your platform?
3: Uh, in the beginning, it mm-hmm. was a little bit challenging. I remember, like, the first few where I was, like – where I had, like, some hate comments, and I really, like – took at the to heart but now it's to the point where I have so many people supporting me that I'm gonna focus on making videos for those people who support me and not worry about the people who sure. comment bad things and obviously that goes with if I'm going through my comment section and somebody's doing constructive criticism obviously I'm gonna take that into account but there's different there's a difference between constructive criticism and somebody just oh, completely stark, just stark difference yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah but hate doesn't do anything to me now because I'm just worried about, you know, making videos for my fans and not people who don't like me. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah.
2: Just blocking out the
3: haters. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: Good attitude to have. I mean that's what the kinda of attitude you kinda of have to have yeah. if you're gonna put yourself out there anyways. Yeah. Exactly. So.
3: and the bigger you are, the more people there are gonna be that, oh, yeah. that hate you. Yeah. The more successful you are, the more people are gonna hate right. that you're successful. And that means you're doing something right. If you don't have haters, you're not doing yeah. you're not doing the right thing. So I don't know who you'll get a hater. I'll be your first hater. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Okay.
1: So anybody who just heard that and is currently Flying typing up a review, you're done. You're over. Go back to you know you can't alter it. Five it. star. Five star. <laughs> five star. That's it. Um, so what is it like as that notoriety has crept up and you've become part of the industry? Do is there a resentment of people in the industry that that begin to quote unquote make it? Right? Like, you're successful. That's how
3: I describe you as a YouTuber. You're a successful YouTuber. See, I describe it as I'm not a successful YouTuber. I view myself as not a successful YouTuber. A Let, lot of people let's do. Let's talk about that. Why?
1: Why aren't you successful?
3: I feel like I could do better. I feel like I haven't tapped into my true potential yet. I feel like I'm just beginning. So, I remember when I first started my YouTube, I was like, at 10,000 subscribers, people are going to know who I am. Then, when I was at 10,000, I was like, at 20,000, people are going to know who I am. And when I was at 20000 I was like, well, 50000 that's a big number. And now I'm like at 100000 and then I just keep on setting goals for myself. But I don't think – I think a lot of people know who I am, but a lot of people know who other people are more, and I want yeah. to be up there.
1: <laughs> so is your, is your success defined by how many people know you or by the, pro- by the product you put out?
3: I would say both. The amount of people that I affect, I obviously want to affect the most people. Positively, yeah. yeah. If I had one viewer, I'd still do it, though. Right. Just because yeah. I love fishing and I love making the videos. Right. But I obviously want them to do the best that they can so I can keep on doing what I love and I don't have to go work a part-time job or get a full-time job. Right. I'd rather this be the, the full-time job.
1: What's the biggest misconception you think people have about you as a YouTuber?
3: Mm. I don't know. Yeah? I don't really know. Maybe... Maybe the amount of time it takes to put in sure. work for videos. I feel like people think, oh, you go out there and you catch fish and you just put it up. But there's a lot that goes behind the videos. Yeah. And, oh, this is a good one. A lot of people say, Norm catches the biggest fish on YouTube. I'll tell you right now, I do not catch <laughs> the biggest fish. It's all edited. I can go. People are like, how do you go to a pond and in 10 minutes, you've already caught five fish? It's not how it works. I go to like five yeah. different ponds. Right. One of them the bites on like it's a whole day process yeah. so that's probably the biggest misconception that I'm a better fisherman <laughs> than I actually am. <laughs> that makes me
1: feel better now because I've always thought God these guys go like fish these small ponds and they always waylay fish it's it's uh, what do they say about social media you only put your your best self out on social media right right which yeah. which mm-hmm. makes you kind of feel inferior if there's anything yeah. going on wrong with you and I think it's probably the same thing you're putting on a production right like you're exactly. And uh that production means you're gonna put together the best the best footage you possibly can and
3: yeah, no, I think uh I might put out a bad video. Just like an hour of me just <laughs> <laughs> of me not being able to figure it out. I think bloopers. Right. I that, think you that need would a blooper probably reel. be interested. I, I, oh,
1: I am I am gosh. formally requesting on the record that you put together a blooper reel and all it is is like broken poles and like every time you set the hook and the fish isn't there. Like it just needs to be just like two second video, ticket, two second clip, <laughs> and just back to back to back with like some That'd kind go of funny hours. Yeah, yeah, it would go for hours. But, I mean, I
2: I think it'd be a hit. Yeah, I, I, nobody's done that sure before. Would. I don't think. Be tough to edit, but I'm it sure would be yeah. tough to edit. Yeah, be a big yeah. undertaking.
1: The closest thing out there would be like Bill dances bloopers where he like falls oh, no, out yeah, of the yeah, boat those. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those those when you have a bad day, if somebody doesn't know, if you're listening to this podcast, we have a lot of diehard hunters, and you want to hear, you want to just take five six minutes out of your day. And really laugh hysterically at a at a good guy just having a hard time. Google the Bill Dance blooper reels. He's got six of them on his YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. each of them are like somewhere between like five and fifty minutes long, and they are hysterical. I some of them are like, laughing. how is this even real? I know <laughs> like some of them are like, <laughs> this has
3: to be set up. There's no way. I know. I don't know. But no. I, I don't think it yeah. is. I don't no. think They're staged they're at all. Just the one where the snake yes. falls into his canoe. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's my favorite one. I'm yeah. terrified of snakes. Alligators, I'm fine. <laughs> Any other spiders? I don't care. Snakes, yeah. I don't yeah. like them. Especially for pond fishing and bank fishing, yeah, you don't yeah. know where they are. Like alligators, you can yeah. you can see them and you know where they're at. But you never know where like a moccasin is just like curled up and you can step on them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> have you how, how many, many how many close encounters
1: have you had with moccasins? Too.
3: So, actually, at the lake right across from my house where I used to live, yeah. there would be moccasins they would swim across the canal, like, five at a time, like, going on different sides, like, just crazy stuff. I've caught them on topwater frogs before. You're kidding me. No. Wow. That <laughs> needs to be
1: a YouTube video. I know. Bass, bass them, fishing for water moccasins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was about two steps top away from one,
3: though, like, barefoot, yeah. going through the mud, and he was right there, and my heart dropped. Oh, have you seen the
1: have you seen the bill dance videos where he's trying to get away from the snakes on the ground? <laughs> And he like he falls on the ground and falls in the water yes, and then I've he can't get up. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And he's so serious, but he's like, I swear to God, it's right there. You, if you don't believe me, and the guy's laughing. You know, he's all upset about it. Yeah, have a heart attack just trying to get away from yeah. the snake. Yeah, you're yeah. doing more damage to yourself. I know. I know. Yeah. It's uh, and I think the one that fell on him in the canoe wasn't even a water moccasin. I'm pretty sure that was just a water snake too. Yeah. If you looked at
2: it, you know. But he, I mean, I would have reacted
1: the same. Different. If I'm shaking on a tree and a snake falls in my lap, I'm not stopping to. to oh heck no! Ask questions. I'm you know. <laughs> So I had a thought and it just left me. Save me. Save I, you. I'm going to come back to it because it was a good, really good thought. I was holding on to it.
2: It fit perfectly into that into that little spot. Hmm. Let's see here. I got a question for your YouTube because we're, we're trying to get into yep. YouTube, okay? What piece of advice can you give us if we're wanting to start a YouTube channel oh, ourselves? Like, what's the number one thing you would tell anybody wanting to start a YouTube channel?
3: So I'd say the number one thing, and this is, like, something that everybody says. And before I started doing it, I was like, this is just dumb. But consistency is, like, the number one thing Mm. on YouTube. If you're gone for, like, a week on YouTube, you're gone for, like, a month real time. Wow. As soon as you – you could post four times a week for months. And then if you're gone for a week, YouTube isn't going to recommend your videos anymore. Really? And you have to restart that whole entire process all over again. So always have – Wow. your videos up I've done it multiple times to my channel where I've had a video take off and I'm like oh, okay I'm good and I take like a two-week break and then I come back and you have to rebuild your whole entire audience again so always post on all your social medias and 10 plus minute videos work the best so
2: when
1: you say consistency I was thinking one video a week is that consistent enough what are the parameters that YouTube is looking for with the word consistency
3: I don't, th- I don't know if anybody knows the, the what exact really YouTube yeah. algorithm. I feel like three to four works with a ton of guys I've talked with who yeah. also have YouTube channels. Right. But for starting out, I say uh, just get as many videos out as you can, even if it's only one a week, just to practice editing, getting used to talking right. in front of the camera because it takes time. Everything with YouTube takes time. It's not going to be like an overnight thing. So you have to practice all of those things and figure out what your audience wants to see so just always at least upload one a week or as many as you can just practice yeah
1: i mean no harm's going to come from producing the best content you can i mean maybe you mm-hmm. don't utilize the best algorithm probably but yeah. it's still a good thing to be putting good content out there at whatever pace you can put it out there right um so that means you have to get you like you have to do two vi- two a week, and I've got to do two a week. So we're about to do a lot more fishing. Oh my goodness!
3: You'll get better at it too. Fishing, fishing. Well, maybe <laughs> I think I've gotten worse over the <laughs> <laughs> over the years. The but you fish, but editing and stuff get. too. You can get more yeah. efficient with it. So it used to take me like eight hours at a video, ten hours at right, a video, and right. now if I'm doing like a quick video where there's not like a ton of fancy stuff, I can do it in like two hours. Uh, if there's like a ton of fancy edits, cinematic shots, it'll take me around four, like. Just being efficient with wow. it and getting your edits out so you can go out and film more. Just being time efficient is really important. And you learn that by editing more and more. Sure. Is there
1: a is there an efficiency that comes with uh, preparing? Like, I feel like there's a hundred different ways to shoot film a, a fishing trip, right? Mm-hmm is there a way that is more like can you streamline how you do it to where it makes it easier to to edit like are there are there pre-post or pre-editing steps you can take to make it a more
3: efficient thing yeah so there's always the intro if there if you don't know if a video is going to work out a lot of times I'll save the intro for later in the day when I figure out kind of what's going on because I don't want to say hey guys today we're going to be fishing with topwater water frogs right. and we're going to be doing some topwater fishing and then before I know it all they're biting is worms so a lot of times I'll make sure what the fish are biting and always when I like hook into a fish or something important happens I make sure to raise my voice really quick that way when I go into editing I can go into the audio and I, I don't edit through video I edit through audio so where I see an audio spike that's where I'll cut and then I'll watch all that footage, and that way I save myself a ton of time by not wasting time with footage where I'm not talking. So I edit through audio, and I always talk when I have a fish or when anything is going on. That's important. I always make sure that I start with, like, a big audio spike.
1: Smart. So you're basically flagging the audio. Mm -hmm. You're using the audio as a flagging tool to know where you need to be. That's smart. I do the same thing when we edit I do the same thing because your audio comes in on a different wavelength and I can see it echoed in the third channel. Right. And I just go through ahead of time and I mute. I just go in and clip all that out. So yeah. that's that's really smart. Especially
3: for like eight hour fishing days and you, or, and you have to go through like yeah. eight hours worth of clips. You can't watch eight hours yeah. worth and right. go through everything. So you have to make sure that you have your audio. And sometimes you're editing a video a week or two after you filmed it, especially if you're filming like multiple a week. And you forget what happened. So it really helps to have those audio spikes in there.
1: There's a lot of people, I think, that enjoy the idea of being rich and famous like you. And uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you tell them? What would you say when they say, I'm going to be a YouTuber? I'm going to start my own YouTube channel like like Luke.
3: You have to want it, I'd say. That's like the number yeah. one thing is there's no way it's, it's happening unless you're like 100% going to do it all the way. My buddy Lojo, he was in the Army. And then he worked in a hospital, and now he's a YouTuber, and he's doing YouTube. And he says YouTube is by far the hardest job he's ever had. And he was in the Army, and he worked in a hospital. Wow. So it's, I'd rather work a 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. that I love than, like, a 9 to 5 that I hate. So that's kind of what I go about it. It's work, and it's fun at the same time. So that's how I get through it. But you have to love fishing, obviously, if you're going to do a fishing YouTube channel. If you don't love fishing, it's it's not going to work out. Yeah. No. And even on the bad days where you're like, oh, I really don't want to go fishing. It's not the greatest weather. But, you know, you have to do it. You have to go out and you have to at least try to film something. It's all the time.
2: Right. And hmm. some of those can pro- might make your best videos probably. Exactly. Some of, the days some you go of your out worst like, videos to can be out. your
3: best performing videos. I've learned that. Some of my best ones are my absolute worst videos. <laughs> Elaborate on that. What do you mean by that? Like the most views that I've got on some of my videos are in my opinion, the worst videos I've ever uploaded to YouTube.
1: In what regard? Like quality of like, like the quality. quality of the just
3: it's just a boring filler video where nothing's yeah. really happening, and then I have like from a awesome production standpoint. Yeah, from a production yeah. And then I have right. like awesome days where like I'm absolutely slaying the fish, big fish everywhere. It's a lot of fun, and no views. But then one day I'll catch like one fish, and it'll get a ton of views. So you never know. That's why consistency is key like posting three to four times a week you don't choose what video takes off youtube chooses so if you give them more options to push more videos it's it's only a matter of time before it happens before they at least suggest one just to test your channel out and see if people enjoy it or not
1: right right so let's shift from the channel let's shift to you unless you wanted to talk about youtube no i'm done you're good okay good with youtube so you as a person Mm -hmm. what is your favorite favorite uh way of fishing for bass Ooh. like no no camera it's just going to be it's just going to be luke a kayak and and a, and a a virgin never fished before pond what
3: are you taking okay it probably wouldn't be a kayak it probably be a boat. What Am I I to go it a boat i said a kayak
0: <laughs> oh in go, a go ca- ahead go ahead i'm just kidding go <laughs> ahead <laughs> All right. whatever you want you whatever so you want i What's would it?
3: probably go in a bass boat. i don't have a bass boat but it's just like my ideal day of fishing i go in a mm-hmm. bass boat and i love throwing big swim baits big swim baits is one of my absolute favorites that's Kind of how I got into, like, the big bass thing was yeah. throwing big swim baits. I have an unhealthy collection of big swim baits that I've bought that I probably shouldn't have. Like $80 <laughs> swim baits. I have, like, $160 Jeez. swim baits. Yeah. And I've Do lost. they swim for you? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they would, yeah. but they don't. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've broke off some, some $80 swim baits and stuff like that, too. But swim bait fishing, it's addictive. But that's one of them. I was talking to you guys about the Nichols Lure Magnum Flutter Spoon. Yeah. And yeah, one of my best bass fishing days ever was, like, in 15, 20 foot of water with Mikey Balls. We went out there schooling bass, and you just rip them as hard as you can up. It's like your saltwater fishing for, like, snapper or something. Okay. And But it's a bass. That is the most fun. Spoon fishing. I don't really? think anybody likes spoon I've never fi- heard of nobody, it Yeah, nobody's like spoon fishing is my favorite. Either you're, like, topwater, like a crankbait yeah. bite, or, like, a jig bite by a dock. Yeah. Mine's the spoon bite. There's nothing like it. Wow. Topwater's like, a close second, I'd say.
1: I think it's because a spoon seems so untech savvy that a lot of people are like, well, that's $80 dollars and it's a swim bait, not making fun of you. I just, yeah. just will pop to mind. <laughs> like that's got better tech than this silver spoon with a treble hook on the back of it kind of thing like, yeah, right. which one's going to be better Grandpa's or uh, uh-huh. you know 2019 model you know I think that's, I think that's part of it because I've yeah. seen a resurgence on YouTube channels recently of spoons being used for fishing.
0: Really, Across
1: the board. Saltwater, freshwater, trout, bass, everything. It's been very interesting to me, the amount of people using spoons. And I really wonder if there has been such a decline in the people using spoons that there's a whole generation of fish, just a theory I'm I'm, I'm working on, that there's a whole generation of fish that aren't used to that style bait. Because every, every so often you see a new bait come to market, everybody buys it, everybody uses it, and then the right. decline on that on that happens. You know, chatterbaits, when they came it. out 10-something yeah. years ago, dude, you could catch chat something on a chatterbait anywhere you wanted to. Now mm-hmm. the fish are kind of getting used to it. It's a unique profile. Um, you can still catch fish on it, but it's not quite as hot as it once was. And I wonder if spoons are just such a simple me- mechanism and they just don't get used very often that they're just, you know, they're like a diamond in the rough kind of thing. I don't know. Just I was thinking about
2: that the other day. Yeah. I don't know. I know they, I know for like redfish and yeah. stuff, that's all people used to fish were gold spoons. Right. Uh, and that's do. what They said the, the number one bait all time ever for redfish yeah. is on a gold spoon. And I've never caught a redfish ever on a gold spoon. Right. So, but I don't fish them that much. Right. Uh, Cause I like the topwater bite, but I have tried the gold spoon and this hadn't, hadn't happened for me. So I don't know. I think it's just depends. Maybe, uh, could be how the anglers work in that bait. There's a lot more into fishing to me than just what a, what a bait sure, is. Sure, It's all about application. if you're going out yeah. there a bunch, how are you using that bait? Right. Are you twitching it a little bit? Or right. are you just steady reeling in? I mean, there's so many different ways that baits can function, and they don't all work identically on different bodies of water. Right. So just thought. I know what my question was for you. You're, right. you're a young fella.
1: Not that much younger than me young enough that this question kind of makes is a little more relevant. When YouTube started to take off for you, what was your your family's response to
3: the idea of you being a, a, a YouTuber as your full-time gig? What was that like? They've always been really supportive. Right. So Good. even from the very very beginning when I wasn't making anything, they just saw that I loved doing it. And obviously at the time I had a job, but now I can replace a job with YouTube. Sure. But yeah, they've been supportive of what I want to do. Interesting. And they like the videos. They watch all the videos. <laughs> do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. That's as good. soon as I post, when it goes up, that we have like the TV, the Roku, and everything. Yeah, it goes up on the TV and they watch it. So they love it. They watch. Oh, every that's so cool. One. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And my dad loves fishing too. So he he gets really excited when I get some mail of some lures or some buffs or something. And he's always going through it, like, "Oh, can I have this?" <laughs> so <laughs> he get he gets some stuff too. So he likes it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, you have any siblings? I do. I have a sister. Well,
1: what, do, do they like? Do they take uh, an, a um, a sibling level of pride and like that? Yeah, that's yeah. You know, fishing with Norm. Yeah, that's 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 my brother. I feel, I feel like she does. She yeah. probably has. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I've seen my little brother do it before. I've seen him like drop it. For like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a podcast. You know, it's <laughs> it, it's an outdoor podcast. And I'm like, hey, hey that's, that's my the platform, man.
3: Worse though, sometimes when you're out in public and I mean I don't get recognized all too often at all. Right. But when I'm with like one of my friends or somebody who's in the friend group yeah. and they mention like say we're sitting down eating dinner and they go, Oh, and he's a YouTuber, it's like the waiter. I hate that. Why? I absolutely hate it. I don't know I don't like being like called out or like recognized. I don't know, I'm like socially weird like that. Where unless they I recognize me, I don't like people telling yeah. people right. That. I don't think
1: it's because you're socially weird. I think it taps into – this is my perspective. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it taps into the fact that you don't feel like you're there yet. So you yeah. don't want to, like, that introduce be, yourself as, introduce, yeah. you know, I'm like, hey, you're successful. You're like, I'm not successful. I've still got a lot of room to grow. So yeah. you don't want to, like, wear that on as, like – like, if you're Tom Brady, it's like, uh, well, how many bottles of champagne do you want? And you do this, and every one of them has got, like, a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. It's like, hey, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you, you still think, you know, you, you, you still got that first Super Bowl to win. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. And and I can see that, too. Like, at work, people ask me, like, people, it's been going around work a lot that uh I have a podcast. And it was kind of weird at first, right? Like, all these people yeah. coming and asking me that I had a podcast. And by all these, don't get me wrong, it's not hundreds. It was, like, five <laughs> people in the span of a week, which is kind of <laughs> weird, you know. And, like, oh, you're, you're a podcaster. I'm like, yeah, no, not really. I was like, well. Yeah, I guess I am. You know, I am. Yeah, yeah, I have a podcast, and I and I had to work on selling it because this joker goes deer hunting with me one time, and we're out there in the middle of nowhere on public land talking to some dude that's going into the same bottom as I am. He's like, "Hey, do you listen to podcasts?" I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm so bashful, about it. I'm not even brave. He's like, hey, do you like podcasts? And it's like, oh, I listen to podcasts. He goes, you should check this out. Pull your phone out right now, and I'll show you where it is. Like, he's like, he's like, like selling this. He's like, I'm going to show you. This. Dude, turns it turns out he likes the podcast so much. He, he subscribed on Patreon. He's one of our freaking supporters now.
2: That's awesome. And yeah. it's like, that's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. And I everyone, wasn't even on the podcast yet. Huh? I, I said I wasn't even on your podcast, or I was just about. You were about to be to come yeah. onto the podcast. Yeah. But I was like, man, we should just mention it. He was a hunter. I was yeah. like, hey, let's just mention it yeah. to this guy in passing just to see. Yeah. And sure enough, he was already texting you back. Saying, yeah. Hey, I've listened to episodes. I'm going backwards. Yeah. Love the content. Dude sends so. me
1: photos like monthly with like, oh look, I've been out on the boat, redfish, and da, 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 da I'm like, oh man, you know he knows John, he's on there, it's Facebook. Go John, man, this is awesome. He's a huge supporter. He's told all his friends about it. And and uh, it it took me a little while to get to that point where I would I would do that. Now I've got a stack of business cards with all with a, with a QR on the back of it where they can scan yeah. that and it takes it to all their their social media, right? I ain't missing an opportunity, you know. Like, I, fine, I got to sell myself. I got to recognize that, you know. So. Um.
2: Yeah, but you're not introducing yourself, hey, I'm all, I'm a podcaster. No, no, I'm not Either. a vegan or or a CrossFitter. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that joke? No. How, how do, I'm out. The joke goes, uh, how,
1: how do you know if someone's a, a vegetarian or a CrossFitter? And then everybody says, well, I don't know how. It's like they'll tell you in the first five minutes. Right. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll know right <laughs> away, hey, I'm vegan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So... Uh, yeah. Well, we had a good time fishing. Well, what was the what's the significance behind the name Fishing with Norm? I meant to ask you that. Yeah, I mean, That's so weird. Real, I don't think a lot of
3: people know that, and it's not like a special. What's story, about to go viral kind of right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I had my fishing jersey, or when I had my fishing jersey for my high school team, mm-hmm. it said Norman on the back. My last name is Norman. Okay. And ah, the A okay. and the N fell off after like halfway through the year, so it just said Norm. And nice. I guess I was just sitting there like making my YouTube, with my teacher who is the teacher of my editing class and I was just like I guess fishing with Norm I think I was either wearing the jersey because we had a fishing tournament that day or something yeah and I guess that's just how it kind of came about and now everybody doesn't even know my real name I'm pretty sure half the people who watch my channel don't even know my name's Luke (laughs) 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 everybody calls me Norm but that's cool it's like a it's like a brand so whenever I go fishing with the YouTubers and stuff like I call Lojo Lojo even though his name's Lauren and I call Noah, which is kicking their bass, I call him kicking. Just that way, when we're in our videos, people yeah. know whose YouTube channel yeah. is what. So I'm Norm. You're Norm. I was about to <laughs> say, yep. is it
1: is it Hey Fishing with Norm or is it Hey Norm? But yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so I was just wondering
2: it, because Walt was like, Hey, I uh, talked to Luke today. We're going to be going. I was like, I could have. His name says Fishing with Norm. His <laughs> yeah. name's not. So many I was like, people. Does he go by Luke? <laughs> yeah. I mean, his first even, even my wife I was mean, like, norm
1: who names their kid norm i was like it's a nickname or something i don't <laughs> yeah. know you know see it's i was kinda like
3: catchy though i feel like i feel like it's it better than fishing with luke or fishing with norman norm. yeah i feel like fishing with norm kind of yeah. it works it has like a sound to it it's it does.
1: it's it's um so different like fishing with uh, that's common but the yeah. norm part of it it's like oh I mean, you know, it just it, it grabs you for that one, that yeah, one, that one extra moment. I, I like it. I I think it's I think it's clever. Yeah, so. I like it. Well, unless we have any final thoughts, we're we're creeping up on our time.
2: What do you What thinking? do you want to have him tell an epic fishing story? I think we I have mean, we to always bring somebody yeah. on and they tell, like one of their most epic stories. So it what's can be your either a blunder or a
1: success. I'll right. leave that to you this time. Normally, I pick. Like, tell me your 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 most embarrassing
3: fishing story, or tell me your most successful. But I. I since you're our first live podcaster, all right. Well, I told you one of my one of the worst fishing days. You did which is where I right. broke five combos yeah. or lost two, broke three. My best fishing day. It had to be that day with a spoon, but I want to do something cooler than that. Best fishing day. Jeez. I feel like I haven't had like uh, a <laughs> every fishing day is just a fishing day.
2: Or just tell us the time you caught your biggest bass.
3: Okay, time I caught my biggest bass. All That's right, a good one. Here we All go. right. So he would he would leave
1: like right as the podcast is ending. And oh, I know the me. guy in the truck. Yeah, cuz I I know I it's it going it to come through. I'm going to have to do something to edit it a little bit, but it'll be fine. Go ahead. Your biggest bass. So,
3: my biggest bass on the scale. I think I've caught 5 to 10, over 10 pounds. Holy and actually, cow. the day after I caught this biggest one on the scale, which was 914, I thought was significantly bigger the next day. But I didn't have my scale the next day. And I have video of it, me catching it and everything. And, of course, people on YouTube are going to be like, no, it's not 10 pounds because of the GoPro angle and the wide angle. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but So my biggest on the scale, <laughs> largemouth bass, PB, 9 pounds, 14 ounces, we were out on a John boat, which has like seven holes in it. So every like hour, you got to go in, and you got to flip it over, and you go, you paddle back out. It didn't have like a trolling motor or anything. And I was fishing with a super tiny topwater uh, spook, like maybe three inches, like yeah, a really small one. And I was, I threw it just in between these two grass like ledges. Right. And I saw like a ton of bait fish going on. So I work it through there once and I have this huge weight coming towards me. Like the tail and like the fin is out of the water. Like something's like you can see it out of the water coming towards it. And we're like in like 25 foot of water. And so I'm working it. I work it all the way in and he just dips off. I throw it in there one more time and like halfway through the cast he follows it up and grabs it. Didn't explode on it or anything. Just sucked it under like those big bass can just suck a topwater lure right under. And The fight was probably, like, a minute and a half. It's on my YouTube channel. And he got, like, around the anchor. (laughs) We had the anchor all, like, okay, so we had the anchor on the front of the John boat. It was all the way down, a huge rope. And he got wrapped. He wrapped my line around the anchor line. And somehow I ended up landing this thing. That's epic. So And it was on top water, so I can't complain. But I've probably caught, like, 50 to 100 bass in 9-pound range. And I cannot get one to 10 pounds. It's officially. so frustrating. Officially, officially, right? I yeah. think I've done it. But yeah, I'm not going to say I've done it until I have it like on the scale. Yeah, proof.
1: I've, I, I. People always ask me like, "What's your personal best? What's your personal best?" I only just recently started measuring fish and any measurement other than fillets. Like that's that's how <laughs> I always did it. So it's like I know I've I've seen enough six and seven pound bass to right. know that I've caught a six and seven pound bass before. Yeah, but I ate
3: them. I mean, like it was out of no. a pond and I mean it was. <laughs> Uh, are you are you a, a are kid. you a catch and release only guy? I'm catch and release only for bass. For bass, yeah. yeah.
1: I was too. This, if this wasn't a farm pond where they were trying to pull bass out of Yeah, dude, there's some situations yeah, yeah, yeah. where there's just so many that yeah, it's yeah, yeah. bad yeah. for the it, It's good though, by the way. It's yeah. a, it's a perfectly good eaten fish. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, by and large I try and let them go. So what can folks look forward to in closing? What can folks look forward to from you in the next couple years? What's coming down the pipe? What are the big the big projects you haven't told anybody about yet?
3: So in the next few months, it's kind of like top secret, but Here we me go. and the guy kicking the bass that I mentioned in Lojo, we're working on a little three-way kind of squad doing collaborations yeah. and seeing if people like it, how it's received. And then from there, who knows if the three of us will maybe get a house together that we can all meet up and go fishing at. Right. I mean, who knows? I I can't say too much. Gotcha. But teaser. It might it might happen. Just Tell, depends. Cool.
1: Tell them where to go. If they want to be plugged in and not miss it when that kind of stuff announced. go ahead and tell everybody where they can find it. So,
3: all my social media is Fishing With Norm. So, that's my YouTube, my Instagram, my Snapchat, my Facebook, my Twitter. All of it's at Fishing With Norm. Go follow, subscribe, like, comment. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah, all my social media is Fishing with Norm. I got really lucky with that handle where everything's the same, nice, simple, easy, Fishing with Norm. Awesome. Cool Cool deal, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thank you for having us. Thank you for taking me fishing too.
1: Yeah, let's do it again. Maybe next time we go fish some ponds. And actually, I've got a couple top secret ponds. Now that you're vetted, I might actually take them to you. You've earned earned it. Uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Of course. No doubt.